Welcome and Merry Christmas. Glad that everyone could join us this evening for Oak Ridge Community Church, our annual Christmas Eve candlelight ceremony. Tonight we're going to have an evening of reading of scripture. We're going to be singing. I'll have a brief message and we'll conclude with our candlelight service. And then there'll be refreshments in the lobby afterwards, which I hope everyone will hang around for. So let's get started. We'll open up in prayer and then we will read some scripture together. Father, thank you so much. Thank you for your love. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ. Jesus is Savior. He is the gift to the entire world. Jesus, you are the light of the world. And we come tonight to bow our hearts before you, to worship you, to praise you, to slow down in the midst of a very busy week and a very busy season. I pray, Lord, that my heart would be slow. I pray that I would receive your word. I pray each one of us, Lord, and when we hear your word and when we sing these songs, it can be a moment of peace and reflection and genuine connection to you. Just lift these things up in Jesus' name. Amen. Then Adam and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man said, where are you? He said, I heard you in the because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit and I ate it. Then the Lord said to the woman, what is this you've done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. God said to the because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock, all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly, and you'll eat the dust all the days of your life. And I'll put empty between you and the woman, between your offspring. He will cry. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and she will name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. And he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of the counsel and of might, the spirit of the knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord, but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice 
He will give decisions for the poor of the earth. For the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Let's stand together. In the sixth month, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her. For you found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, how can this happen? I am a virgin. 
The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census all returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no rot lodging available for them. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby 
guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. Don't be afraid, the angel said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Second birth, hug the head. 
sermon. Some wise men from the eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw the stars, it rose, and we've come to worship him. Herod called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you, who will be the shepherd for my people, Israel. And then Herod told him, Go to Bethlehem, search carefully for the child, and when you find him, come back and tell me, so that I can go and worship him too. After this, the wise men went their way, and the star they'd seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh.
Thank you, team, for leading us in worship. I'd like to invite you guys just for a moment uh, before we continue with our service. We're just going to take a moment and pray. I'd like to invite you, wherever you're at, if you're sitting or standing, whatever, just bow your head, close your eyes, and just take a moment. Take a moment. Like I said before, it's a very busy time of the year. There's all sorts of things pressing in on us. Family commitments, busy schedules in the days and weeks ahead, work, desire for rest, unresolved difficulties, financial stress, all these things. And you know what? Sometimes silence, sometimes being still before the Lord is a necessary part of our worship. So I'm just going to take a moment right now. I'm going to be quiet. And just want you, encourage you to listen to the Lord and say, Lord, speak to me in your own heart. So, Father, here we are. We've gathered together tonight to put our attention on you and on your word. I give you my heart. I pray that each person here would give you their heart. They would listen to your word. They would sing songs, maybe, and hear, your, hear, your, hear the words of songs and hear the words of scripture, maybe in fresh ways. Lord, if there's those of us who have burdens that we're carrying Teach us what it means to lay those burdens down at your feet. Teach us what it means to seek your wisdom, Lord, and to find true peace in spite of difficult circumstances, God. Lift these things up in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So glad that you guys, that you could be here with us this morning. This is all, or this evening, actually. This is a very special time of the year for us. Time for busyness. It's also a time for silence and reflection. And uh, we're going to be concluding our series, our, Ad, our Christmas Advent series on dreams and prophecy. These readings, these songs, the messages, the quiet meditation, they produce a worshipful experience where we connect with God. We listen to him and say, Lord, speak to my heart. Speak to my heart. So we're going to conclude this series on dreams and prophecy. And then at the end, we'll conclude with the lighting of the candles as we traditionally do. During our series, we've seen prophecy and dreams work together. Hand in hand, Joseph and Mary's engagement. We sang about that. The journey of the wise men. From the east, we sang about that. The flight of Joseph and his family to and from Egypt. Kier detailed that for us last week. And through these examples, we've seen some of these themes. Some of these themes of the Advent season. Wonder, pursuit, and restoration. 
And let's review these, what these are and what they're building to. Each one of these things is building to something. Wonder is the joyful reception of God's revelation, God's truth with a heart towards obedience. That's wonder. Pursuit of God, it's motivated by genuinely seeking God's revelation, God's truth with a heart towards realization. A heart realization, seeing it happen in my life. And we hunger for restoration. Restoration, which is sometimes unexpectedly occurs. Restoration sometimes unexpectedly occurs when we greet suffering with faith. So where where do these themes of wonder and pursuit and restoration lead to? Well, these themes, they simply lead to Jesus Christ. And the final dream and prophecy pairing that we're going to talk about, the conclusion of our series, Jesus the Nazarene. Let's pick up where Kier left off last week, reading this passage of Scripture. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Get up, the angel said. Take the child and his mother back to the land of Israel, because those who are trying to kill the child are dead. So Joseph got up and returned to the land of Israel with Jesus and his mother. Get up, the angel said. Nice to have an angel at an alarm clock. I will note that Joseph obeyed quickly. The angel said, get up, and Joseph got up. Good friend, Joseph. Interestingly, Scripture is more specific about where Joseph returned to. He didn't just return to Israel, did he? Let's read. But when he learned that the new ruler, he being Joseph, when Joseph learned that the new ruler of Judea was Herod's son, Archelaus, he was afraid to go there. Then after being warned in a dream, he left for the region of Galilee. So the family went and lived in a town called Nazareth. This fulfilled what the prophets had said. He will be called a Nazarene. So Joseph received a bonus dream. One dream said, get up and go. And the next dream was more specific, saying, go to Nazareth. So after an absence of several years, don't know exactly how long Jesus and his family lived in Egypt, but after an absence of several years, the family returned to Nazareth. So Nazareth is in Galilee, which is north of Jerusalem, and it's north of Bethlehem. It's not the same place that they fled from originally. So let's focus on this phrase, Nazareth. You may have heard the phrase, Jesus of Nazareth. It's a pretty common, it's a pretty common phrase, especially around Christmas time. But we don't hear the phrase, Jesus of Bethlehem, even though he was born there. We hear Jesus of Nazareth, right? So what is a Nazarene, and why is it an important part of this story? There's prophecies, these dreams. Why is it an important part of the Christmas story? Well, there's two passages in Scripture, which we'll cover here briefly. The first reference that Nazareth comes up is in Numbers chapter 6. We won't take the time to turn there and read. It's a long passage. I encourage you to read there later on when you have a chance. It's Numbers chapter 6. In, in summary, the key verses, God said, If any of the people, either men or women, take the special vow of a Nazarite, they are set apart. And that word set apart is the Hebrew word nezer. 
This applies as long as they are set apart to the Lord. The Lord set out the requirements of a Nazarite. The basic definition is that this person would be set apart to the Lord for the Lord's service. They live an ascetic life, like a monk or a nun. They live a very plain life. And they would be set apart to the Lord. Nezer, they would be Nezer, set apart to the Lord. The second reference, maybe a bit surprisingly, I don't know if I've ever heard of the story of Samson being talked about in a Christmas context, but bear with me for a moment. The second reference is in Judges chapter 13. It is the birth of Samson. And if you were to turn there, again, it's a long chapter. I'll encourage you to read this later on and look at some of the parallels we see between the birth of Samson and the birth of Jesus. The angel of the Lord appeared to Manoah's wife. His wife's not named. His father, Samson's father is Manoah. The angel of the Lord appeared to Manoah's wife and told her, you will become pregnant and give birth to a son. And he will be dedicated to God and begin to rescue his people. There's a parallel there. It sounds familiar. The story of Samson's birth and the, and, the, and the announcement of an angel to the mother. The key factor here in this chapter is this child, Samson, would be dedicated, set apart, Nezer, to the Lord. If you read this passage, you will know, if you read through this passage, you'll note that the vow of a Nazarene could be ended. It basically says, as long as you follow these things, you will be considered a Nazarene and you will be set apart to the Lord. Well, let's just to make a very long story short. Samson's story didn't end very well. His vow ended through his sin. And to make another long story short, Christ fulfilled the purpose of being set apart. He fulfilled the concept of Nezer by living a perfect life. You know, this is very similar to the concept Paul wrote about. In the New Testament, he said there's a first Adam that was flawed, and there's a second Adam, Christ, who's perfect. Adam fell. Samson was already fallen, and he sinned. Their sense of being set apart was ended. But Jesus was perfect. He fulfilled the concept and the purpose of being set aside. So these dreams that Joseph had, they brought a young Jesus to Nazareth. And Jesus fulfilled the prophetic type of being set apart to the Lord. Christ's fulfillment of the Nazarene vow, Christ's fulfillment of being Nezer, set apart to the Lord, is another reason why the virgin birth is important. Jesus, he did not have an earthly father. He did not have his sin. He did not have his sinful nature. He lived a perfect life. He was the perfect and acceptable sacrifice to the Father. He fulfilled the vow. He fulfilled the prophecy. He fulfilled the concept of a Nazarene and of being Nezer to the Lord. Thus, Jesus, he is, he is the legitimate source of our wonder. Our heroes disappoint us very often. Jesus never disappoints. He is the source of wonder. He is the right one for us to pursue. And God used Jesus' suffering to restore Israel and all mankind to himself through his death on the cross and his resurrection. 
You know, Samson's parents didn't understand. You read that chapter, you'll see they had no idea what was going on. They were very confused by what was happening. Joseph and Mary had a little bit more information, still only had the vaguest inklings of what's going on. By God's grace, we understand these things more clearly because we have Scripture, and we have the Holy Spirit, and we have faith, and we have 2,000 years of the testimony of church of people that love and worship Jesus Christ, proclaiming the truth to us that Jesus Christ is holy, perfect, powerful. He set apart. He fulfilled God's requirements. <clears throat> he loves you. He is Nezer. We understand. We understand. If you ever wonder, it's like, what is this season about? Is it, is it just fuzzy sense of emotion or is it commercialism or is it just some feeling that I'm supposed to manufacture every year? No. No. We wonder at Christ, his perfection, his sinlessness. We, we pursue, we pursue the perfect one who is set apart for us. And we are restored, we are restored through his suffering. And we may have suffering of our own to go through too as our life advances. See, Jesus, he saves us. He came here as a gift. He died on the cross. He paid the price for my sins. He paid the price for your sins. He invites you to peace and joy and forgiveness. But there may be difficult roads to pass through. It's like Joseph and his family had many difficult roads to pass through. The road from Galilee to Bethlehem, and then the road from Egypt, and then the road back from Egypt. It took years, years for them to make it back to their hometown. And they were faithful, and they trusted. And Jesus fulfilled the concept of being Nezer and set apart from the Lord. I'd encourage you, as we continue with our service here, take some time, either tonight. I know many of you have to go home, and you'll be busy wrapping presents. I get it. I get it. But maybe if you can get up a little bit early tomorrow, or maybe after everyone's collapsed from opening presents, you'll have a few minutes tomorrow afternoon. Take some time. Reflect on that. Your sense of wonder is not on a season. It's not on a feeling. It's not on commercialism. It's not on something that you do for yourself. But it's on the perfect one who fulfilled God's conditions and then offered that to you as a free gift. Let's pray. Thank you, God. Thank you. You gave me a gift. You gave each person here a gift. You gave a gift to the entire world, God. You gave it to your, your children, the people of Israel, and from them, you gave it to the entire world. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. I pray that my heart would be grateful tonight and tomorrow. I pray that each one of us would take a few moments and just bless you. And thank you for Jesus. Amen. I'd like to invite you to stand with me here for the final, final readings, final songs. Then I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. Its rider was named Faithful and True. For he judges fairly and wages a righteous war. His eyes were like flames of fire, and on his head were many crowns. A name was written on him that no one understood except himself. He wore a robe dipped in blood, and his title was the Word of God. The armies of heaven, dressed in the finest, pure white linen, followed him on white horses. 
From his mouth came a sharp sword to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron rod. He will release the fierce wrath of God, the Almighty, like juice flowing from a wine press. On his robe, at his side, was written this king, king of all kings, Lord of all lords. So I'd like to invite you to take your candle. In a moment, an usher is going to come by and light the candle of someone on the end of the row. Just a little candle etiquette here for safety's sake. You know, when you, the, the lit candle should be remaining upright and the unlit candle should be tilted over to receive the flame. That way we're not spilling hot wax on one another. So ushers, I'd like to invite you to go ahead and light those candles. And then in a moment, we will sing our final song. prophet Isaiah wrote, he said, people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And that light was Jesus, the gift to the nations. And when you become, when, you, when you're saved, when you trust him as your own savior, you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus adapted that. He said, you are the light of the world. So when you take this candle, I encourage you to remember, you're not only enjoying the presence of the Lord, but you are reminding yourself that you are the light of the world. And that he sent you forth with power and joy and love to make a difference in a cold and dark place. Forevermore. 
some of these passages in Matthew and Luke as a family. Meditate them on them together. Take some time for worship, song, maybe even silence together.